Happy Sunday, Tampa Bay. Thanks for joining us this week on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. We appreciate having you. I'm Robert Johnson, president of the Duncan Duo, filling in for Andrew Duncan, here with Mike Corgan from Cross Country Mortgage. How are you doing, Mike? I'm doing great, Robert. Good morning. Good morning. Love chatting with Mike. I don't always get to... I feel like I say this every time, but I don't always get to be in the studio with him. Sometimes <laughs> right. I feel yeah, like we, yeah, we usually aren't in the studio together, I, so I know. it's a special occasion for I, sure. Absolutely. And this week... So many crazy things have happened in real estate. It seems like just over the past two weeks, um, you know, interest rates, they went up, um, which was pretty expected just because of the uh, the raise by the Fed of the 25 basis points or, or whatever they call it. Right. Um, but I think that it really surprised everyone as far as um, people that really pay attention to the mortgage rates and everything like that, how kind of quick they went up or uh, I think the amount they went up unexpectedly quick. Yeah, for sure. Right. The the, the pace at which they're going up is going there. And let, let me try and break it down for you because there's a lot of misconception now and it's very um, topical in the media. Everybody's reporting on it. You see articles everywhere about housing and interest rates and all that stuff. And actually the Fed raising their, their federal funds rate or the interest rate is really a short-term rate and really has nothing to do with the long-term rate. Technically, what they're trying to do is they're trying to tame inflation. And inflation is what's caused the mortgage rates to go up. So by definition, what they're trying to do is actually bring those longer-term rates or the mortgage rates down. But it doesn't feel that way, right? Mm -hmm. And nobody talks about that way. And, And so now this time it coincided with rates going up. But what is spooking investors out there and what's causing the long-term interest rates that are going up is what they've been saying, the, the rhetoric that's been coming out of, of Jay Powell and the other members' mouths about rolling off with their balance sheet, right? And letting, so not only had they had interest rates at zero, but they had also been buying mortgage bonds and buying U.S. Treasuries, the Federal Reserve had. So they've been investors too. And so they've amassed this huge um, balance sheet. And, and you hear about it in the media and everything else. And so now they're talking about, you know, and that's not part of their their mandate is to have a balance sheet, right. right? But they've done it over the past several years, especially with COVID, it got much bigger and everything else. And now they're talking about rolling that off or taming that down at the same time of raising interest rates. And that's what's spooking investors. And that is what is causing um, interest rates to go up. And the other thing that that really has happened is inflation, right? Everybody is talking about this now. And I mean, you don't have to go very far in social media to see a, uh, a meme out there about gas prices or, you know, grocery store prices or everything. Everybody is feeling inflation. It's something that we can all resonate with. Just go to the gas pump, right? And, and, and you'll be able to, to feel that's there. But the Fed got this one wrong. Um, they talked so long about how it was just transitory. It was just temporary because of supply chain issues of, the, of COVID. And the reality is they got it wrong. Inflation is not transitory. It is here. The, the price increases are real. We're all feeling it, right? When we go to the gas pump or we go to the grocery store and, and, and all these different things, prices are going up. And so they were behind the eight ball um, of doing that, saying it was transitory for so long. And now they're trying to catch up. Right. And so it's like, you know, I heard an analogy the other day by one of the experts out there, Barry Habib, to give him a shout out. It's like going to, you know, your favorite restaurant and you get a meal that's completely burnt 
and it's terrible. So you send it back and you say, I don't want this anymore and everything else. So then you're thinking next time you're going in. So what the restaurant does, instead of burning this one too much, they undercook it and they don't even cook it. And then it's going raw. And that's sort of what feels like the scenario it's in there rather than hopefully just coming in, giving you the perfectly cooked meal. So the answer is somewhere in the middle. And so all of that's been going on. I know that's a long answer, but that's what's been happening. That's why the interest rates have been going up. And and we'll see, you know, the decisions the Fed makes and, and, and what it does out there. So I think that what what surprised me as somebody who is um, not relating this to food, I'm like, where did we go with that? <laughs> but that was a good analogy. Yeah, it is a good analogy. I think, yeah, I think what surprised me is that when we talked, um, not just us, but when a lot of experts talked, um, they thought, you know, interest rates would be at a certain point by the end of the year, maybe yeah. like four and a half or four and a quarter or whatever they thought at the beginning of the year. I think that everybody's surprised they're already there past that yeah. point or there. Yeah, they're there and they're past it. And so now everybody's saying, okay, well, where are they going to go? Where do we right. go from here? This was kind of our year end target. And now it's March and we're already there. And, and um, you know, it is a great question because we've all kind of got it wrong. You know, I mean, I think we've talked about on the show, we thought they would go up, but it would be mm -hmm. slow. It wouldn't be the sudden jump. And here it is. It, it, it happened. It was these sudden jumps because what's happened out there in the in the market, um, you know, and they're probably going to continue to rise to a short term until we can start getting until you can start seeing the inflation numbers come down a little bit. And I think you'll start seeing that in the next you know, couple of months. We're going to get a report here next week that inflation comes out. And again, it's going to seem super high. But then at, because you're looking at the year over year comparisons, right? So they, they when they give you the annual inflation number, what they do is they you know, they go back the past 12 months. So when they give you the, the, you know, March reading, right, then they go back and they knock off February of last year. So it's still always 12 months. Well, this should be the last month where the number is going to look really high. Then we should start seeing it come down a little bit um, as we come in and, and get an experience. So hopefully as we get to the midpoint, the later point of the year, things are going to tame down and, and you may actually see rates drop a little bit. Okay. Um, so, do you, I mean, of course, this is a crystal ball, but are you thinking short term that they're going to go up as quick as they have? Or do you think that they're going to kind of level out and trickle up? And I know that's just a, a pie in the sky guess, but I think that they, we all kind of knew they were going up and bouncing around. But I think for people that are on the fence right now, and you know, I was telling some of our agents this even earlier this week, if you have buyers that are out there looking, what they can afford just totally changed. Yes, I mean, it, absolutely. Tot it totally changed by, and, and some people that were on the fence of where their price range was, it, it could have changed by a lot actually uh, for monthly payments just with that little interest rate change. Because even though it looked little, it was actually a big interest rate change on, on, on paper. Yeah, it's been, a, I mean, it's up over a point. Yeah, you know, you're, absolutely. I mean, it's, it, it's a big deal. So I think that if you were, to guess, do you think that it's going to slow down? I mean, what kind of advice would you give people out there who are looking at pre-qualifying or people who have really just maybe already qualified over the past couple yeah. of weeks? So yeah, a couple of things. So one for if you're already pre-approved and it's been a month or two or that sort of <laughs> thing, you need to get in touch with your mortgage professional now and get that re-looked at to make sure because we're starting to hear stories there where they say, hey, I'm pre-approved, but the pre-approval is from mid-January and we're just in a different scenario now. 
um, you know, that's out there. So you need to make sure you get that refreshed and know what your buying power is that, that goes on there. Um, and then for the new people, I mean, it's still a great time to buy, right? Oh, the yeah. supply, you know, and demand dynamic is still there. There's still record low inventory. We're still seeing it. Um, prices are going to continue to still rise. I mean, we see the reports that come out every single month and it's astronomical. Rents keep going up. So it still makes sense. I think rates aren't going to go up as fast as they have. Mm -hmm. I, you know, it, it's not sustainable to continue to go at this pace. Now, could it for the next short period of time? It could. Um, but I don't see it going, you know, long term into going in there. You know, a lot of studies out there show that when interest rates are below 5%, and we're still below 5% that are out there, psychologically, from an investor standpoint or consumer home buyer standpoint, doesn't really mess with them. Once they start getting above 5%, if we get to above 5%, it shows that that studies have shown throughout history that that's where the sentiment starts changing a little bit on, on how the consumers feel about it. Um, and it goes in there. And the Fed can't have, I mean, the one shine, you know, shining spot in the economy right now, I mean, the economy is doing really, really well, and housing is a huge part of that. They almost can't even afford for that to you know, start taking a turn for, for the worse. So I can't imagine they continue to go up um, as fast as they have. And I, my suggestion to people is, you know, there's no better time than the present. Yeah, my suggestion to people is definitely talk to your lender, figure out what um, has changed as far as affordability, because it has changed. Um, but then go out there and if you know that you're going to be purchasing soon, if you know you're going to be purchasing within the next couple months, really buckle down and try to find something that you really, really like. I think in the short term, it might actually help as far as how many people you're competing against maybe because I think that if you get a jump on that and you go get pre-qualified again or you look at what you have um, as far as a price range again, I think you're going to have a jump on some people and maybe you're already going to come to terms with a change in maybe affordability. Yes. And I think some people out there probably maybe take a step back. So instead of competing against maybe 10 offers on a property, maybe you're only competing against five. You know, I think there's still going to be a ton of multiple offers. Even if you took half the buyers out of the market, we still don't have enough inventory. Right. So I think that you're still going to see multiple offers. You're still competing against people. But I think you are going to have a better chance, at least in the short term, because I think it's going to take a bit for people to adjust. But long term, I think everything's still going to keep moving forward. So I think if you can get out there, you can get ready. You know what you're going to qualify for. I think you can get a jump on some people. And that's what I think is going to happen personally. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. And I think once you do find the property and you get under contract, I would talk to, if you're going to get a mortgage, you're going to get out there, talk to your mortgage lender and lock that rate in mm -hmm. and make sure you get it in writing that it's actually locked in that goes in. And then you don't have to worry about right. it, right? Generally speaking, I mean, lenders can lock for all sorts of different durations. So, you know, I mean, we, we can lock up to, to 180 days, really, if you have a property. But, you know, 30 days is normal, 45 days. So make sure you're locked in. And and then you don't have to worry about what's going on. The odds are, are more likely that rates are going to go up versus down. Could they go mm -hmm. down a little bit? Sure, in the short time. But you don't want to have to worry about that, especially if you're right on the edge of qualifying. Yeah. So how do they get in touch with you, Mike, especially if they want to get pre-qualified or if they've, um, you know, maybe been qualified in the past, but they want to look at that again. Sure, no problem. You can always reach out to me directly at 813-377-2743. Again, 813-377-2743. Um, or you can go to CC or ccmtampabay.com. And you, we would love to help you with that also. We would love to help you get in touch with Mike. We'd love to help you find a property. And we do have 
you know, a little more properties that seems to be trickling on the market, which I think is a good thing. So we'd love to set you up with one of those. Give us a call at our office, 813-359-8990. We'd love to speak with you about that. Or you can go to our website, DuncanDuoTeam.com. And we're back here on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. I'm Robert Johnson, president of the Duncan Duo, here with Mike Corgan from Cross Country Mortgage. Wanted to talk about this week, some sales numbers were released and CNBC reported that home sales fell far more than expected in February as mortgage rates rose and tight supply remained. I hate when they talk about, uh, you know, it's because mortgage rates rose. Right. <laughs> because um, I would tell you that, you know, maybe we'll see a little impact late this month from that. But I mean, yeah, they rose in February, but it wasn't like the top story out there that that's why they, they went down. And anything that went that closed in February, you know, they were looking at that mortgage rate back in December. Right. So, um, you know, I, I, I think that that's a little bit of lazy reporting, but it says they fell 7.2% uh, month to month. Usually we see, uh, you know, a level or an uptick there. Um, but Prices were up 15% nationally compared to a year ago. So the average price was a little over 357000 um, You know, what we've seen in our market is that home sales fell really because inventory is even lower. Right. Um, you know, inventory is lower. There's just not enough for people to buy out there. I wish that the article would really focus on that because we talk about this all the time and I feel like I'm beating a dead horse, but... We have so many buyers out there. You know, we have sales meetings every week. We have so many buyers out there um, that are looking for particular things. You know, for if you're sure. going to be spending three hundred fifty-seven thousand on a house, right? You want something, right? Yep. You want it to be what you want. So, you know, that's national average. I mean, a lot of buyers are looking at four hundred, five hundred plus. You know, that's a lot of money. You want to buy something that you're excited about buying. There's just not a ton out there, and that's good stuff that comes on the market goes under contract very, very quickly with multiple offers. If we had more inventory out there, yes, I think that price growth would slow because obviously you wouldn't be going into so many multiple offer situations, but there would be more transactions because there's more stuff for people to buy. You know, we even talk to sellers, you know, we go to their homes, they're ready to sell, but what's stopping them is finding something out there that they actually want more than the home that they're in. So we are having an issue with that where it's really affecting year over year, you know, numbers as far as transactions locally. And I think if they really dug into it nationally, they would find that that's actually the problem and not some interest rate issue that kind of just started happening as opposed to. You know. Right. It's kind of the easy answer there. And it, it, it's the easy correlation to say that's what's happening there. And so it's it's almost kind of mixing two stories to get what's really mm -hmm. going on out there. Well, and they do mention it in the article. You know, they do say down the article, if you go, it's also not in the, you know, it's not in the in the title per se as the main focus, but way down in the article, they do get to the point that it probably is caused from lower supply. But I feel like the... Um, you know, the mantra right now is just rising rates, rising rates, rising rates. But really what we have is a supply problem. You know, when you look at how much how much inventory builders built over the past several decades, you will find that they built during the decade from 2010 to 2020, about a third of the amount of homes that they built compared to previous decades. And that's not just compared to the up decade of 
the early 2000s. Right. You know, it was an up decade, but it wasn't actually up that much compared to previous decades. So when you see that they only built, you know, 5 million or so homes from 2010 to 2020, that's a huge problem in our economy, especially when I feel like locally they were only building homes that were expensive homes. You know, they were only building homes with a really, really high return. So you have all these people that are wanting first first homes, first time home buyers, whatever. They're having a really hard time finding a property. Yeah, they, they really are. And there is, I mean, the affordable housing, you're hearing that more and more in the news and on the media and people talking about it. But it and it really is very real, you know, with the, the price increases that have gone up. Um, for a first-time home buyer to to crack into the market here in Tampa Bay, um, it, really it's nationwide, but you know we're we're in the Tampa Bay real estate market, right? So and talking about Tampa Bay, it, it it's difficult. It, it is tough for people to find um, you know first-time home buyers that are in there. So they're they're looking for different ways, and to make it even more challenging, rents have gone up so much um, out there as well. Mm-hmm. So um, you know it still makes sense to do it. But one of the things I would I would you know, say to all the first time home buyers is, you know, you may have to reset your expectations on what you're willing to take or what you're willing to go into. Um, and and maybe they're different than they were a year ago. And, you know, it, it still makes sense to kind of do that and just kind of level set your expectations to go there. So that gives you the best chance to get out there and get something. Yeah. And especially when we talk about the lower end of the market, the lower end of the market, the price of homes between 100,000 and 250,000 fell 26% year over year. Yeah. And that has to do again with rising prices in general, right? But it also has to do with the amount of investors that are in that ballpark that are then either flipping the homes or renting out the homes or whatever. But to have a twenty six percent drop in uh, that inventory year over year is a lot. You know, it says uh, sales of homes priced between seven hundred and fifty and one million increased by twenty four percent. And sales of homes priced over a million jumped 21%. So again, some of that's because of price increases or whatever. But that's also, you know, that gives people in those price ranges a bigger uh, a bigger plate to actually find something. And and that's that's one of the issues is is like we talked about affordable housing. So hopefully we can get get that under control, figure out what we're gonna do. But I think that rising interest rates will eventually affect that. But you know, over the past, you know, when you're looking at February's numbers, that's not something that I think is affecting that. So hopefully, um, if anything comes from the rising interest rates, it's that inventory will go up. So that's what that's what I'm hoping for, at yes. least in the uh, in the short term. So love to talk to you a little bit more about the real estate market. We'll be back after this quick break. And we're back here on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. Thanks for sticking with us through that long break. I'm Robert Johnson here with Mike Corrigan from Cross Country Mortgage. And we wanted to talk about positive things on this segment because I felt like we were a little negative on the last couple of segments. It sounded really bad. Yeah, well, it, it, you know, it's <laughs> as we were talking in the break, it's it, it's tough out there right now, right? The market has become a little bit more challenging. It's still a very good market in Tampa Bay. So mm-hmm. if you're in the real estate world, if you're buying a house, selling a house, it's still a really, really great time that, that is out there. But challenges have come up with, with increasing interest rates, with lower inventory. All those things are very real. So we don't want to, you know, not discuss them and talk about what the, is there. But you know, when that's all said and done, there are still a lot of transactions out there happening. And there are a lot of people out there that have bought in the past couple of years and, you know, have been listening to our advice and got out there and did it that 
um, have increased a lot of wealth, right? If mm-hmm. you bought a house, um, you know, a year or plus ago, you know, the, the latest numbers came out and said it went up 29% year over year. Yes, I saw the average person gained $55,000 in equity over the last year, yeah. which is a huge, you know, this is one of the reasons that we say that, uh, and, and a lot of economists say that owning a home in America is the quickest way to build wealth because there's really nothing else that's, you know, in the environment that we're in with high inflation, there's really nothing else that you can do that actually will build your wealth as quick as owning a home. Yeah. And it, so, I mean, there is a lot of still really good things that are going on there. And speaking of inflation, you know, one of the biggest drivers to kind of combat inflation, if, you know, for investors out there, and that's why you're seeing the big hedge mm-hmm. fund investors is real estate. Yes. Right. It, it's a good hedge against inflation and everything else. And that's why you're starting to see um, maybe to our demise because they're buying some of the single family homes and renting them out. But, um, you know, they're 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 coming after the real estate. Mm-hmm. They're looking to buy single-family homes and multifamily, you know, apartment complexes and everything else, um, because it is a good hedge against inflation. Um, you know, and so you're seeing them come into the marketplace. So real estate's still a really, really good place to be in. Um, you know, and I, I always, I would just suggest to people, whether you're a first-time home buyer or move up, you, you know, you're a second time, you're looking to move up and everything else. You're going to have to do a couple of things. One, you're going to have to be prepared. You know, we talk about that all the time. Mm-hmm. Make sure you're, you you get pre-approved with a, um, you know, a solid mortgage lender that is out there. We'd be happy to help you. But you know, there's a lot of them out there. Same thing with the real estate agent. Hook up with your, you know, your favorite Dunkin' Duo real estate agent. That's a professional, knows what they're doing, is going to be able to help you, um, to make sure you're prepared. But then also, too, you got to be a little bit patient. Um, because it, it, you're going to have to weed through some stuff, and there isn't a lot to be there. So it's kind of be be patient and then be willing to jump all at the same time, right? It kind of sounds like we're talking out of both sides of our mouth. But when the opportunity is there, you got to be willing to go for it. And that's why it's important to be prepared. Well, I think in times like this when, um, you know, maybe when everything's starting to change that you're looking at, uh, maybe that you need to keep an open mind to what you're looking at. If you're if you're a if you're a first time home buyer or a move up home buyer, and you really know your budget and what you can spend every month and where you're putting those funds, I think that if you really can keep an open mind and you start thinking about how much you spend where, and you know maybe I have my price range here, but I can change some things around, and you know with gas prices higher, I think that a lot of people should probably um, relook at maybe buying those cheaper homes that are so much farther out and look at spending more for a home that's closer in. Because I think sometimes when you're looking at rates and you're looking at how much you're spending for gas and you're all these car payments and da 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 when you average out the money and you see how much you're spending in each category every month, if you're looking to purchase a home anyway, I'm not telling somebody, you know, go buy a different car or go sell your house and do all this. But if you're looking at a home anyway, I think you need to keep an open mind about what your budget could really be if you decided to move closer in and spend more on a house as opposed to living so far away and getting maybe the same house for a lot less money because per month, it actually might not be a lot less money. Right. Yeah. Take a look at what are your additional expenses going to be if you're further out, um, all those things. So that's that's a great point. It's one of those things to look at. And I think that's why it's important to you know work with a professional real mm-hmm. estate agent Absolutely. that's going to talk about all of these different things with you 
that maybe you don't think of when when you're going through it, kind of your focus on what is the house and the bedroom and bathroom counter, does it have a pool or not a pool or the decor. Um, and, but there's a lot of other things to think about. And I think that's why, you know, we always recommend using a you know, professional real estate <laughs> agent to help you through that. And I also think that there's other things that um, maybe on paper when you're looking at just the price of the home, if you're looking at a, a you know, a new construction Maybe you're not thrilled about living in a new construction home in a neighborhood, but the price is what's attractive to you. Maybe you'd rather live closer in. Maybe you'd rather live someplace more urban and more walkable, but the price seems very high on paper. But a lot of those new construction communities that we that we talk about, you know, they have stuff that's not just in the price. They have a lot of times CDD fees. They have a lot of times HOA fees. You know, you are going to be spending more for gas if you're commuting in. Um, a lot of times um, they might have different things that aren't included or that aren't included when you're just looking at the price. So again, like Mike said, it's important to look with an agent who can really throw all those things out there. Um, some of those things that also change after the first year is a lot of times the taxes are very artificially low the first year because it's still based on the unimproved land. And the next year, the taxes adjust. So that's a big change sometimes with your monthly payment based on taxes. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> it's, it can be a huge change, right? You go from taxing just on a well, vacant lot. It will lot be a huge change. Right? That, that gets in there. And one of the things I will say, and, and, and you know, if you talk to us, we walk you through this. But if you're not working with us, you can do it yourself. You can go out to any of the county um, websites locally here, Pinellas, Hillsborough, Pasco, Sarasota. All the counties around here have what's called a tax estimator on them. Mm -hmm. And it's actually, you can go in there and you can plug in the information um, based on, so if, if it is, you know, a new build, you can plug in that, you know, here's what the sales price is going to be, the address and everything. And it will give you an estimate based on today's millage rates, like what they're mm -hmm. charging in Hillsborough County today, what the taxes are going to be. So you can prepare and budget because one of the things that does happen is if you don't, and you're on the top range of, and it's again, affordability is becoming tougher. You're the top range. You don't want to put yourself in a situation where after a year, you know, you're in trouble because your payment went up $300 a month and you didn't realize it. Yes. Now, a positive tip that I can give you as far as looking at some of these new construction neighborhoods is that a lot of them do not allow either rentals unless they're at least a year or maybe until somebody owns a property for a year, or they only allow so many rentals, or maybe they don't allow institutional investors to own the properties. Now, what that means basically in layman's terms is that you're most likely going to be not competing against a bunch of investors and a bunch sure. of cash offers. So the positive is that if you're looking at not going into this crazy multiple offer situation, and you will still probably get multiple offers, okay? I'm not saying that, but if you're looking at something where, you know, you want to just go in, get something, not have to compete against a bunch of cash offers, you know, I would say that that's the positive about a lot of new construction communities is that they don't allow or they have different rules that maybe investors don't want to deal with that somewhere else that's just a random house isn't necessarily going to have unless the city or the county has those rules against those investors or overnight rentals or whatever. So I think that that's the positive about going into communities like that.
Yeah, for sure. That yeah, I mean, there's a lot of positives for new oh, construction yes. too, and, and you know, looks to be there, and it's why it's just important to talk through everything that you're looking for for you and your family, because at the end of the day, that's what matters, right? If you're buying it as a place to live, to raise your family, or you know, spend this whatever part of life you're in, um, it's going to be there. Is talk through what's all important to you with your real estate agent, and they can help you find. You know what is going to be the best situation or the best scenario for you based on what you can afford and what you're looking for rather than just focusing just on a price or just on a certain neighborhood or location everything else you got to look at the whole you know the holistic picture yeah absolutely i think that also um you know it also goes to looking at townhomes and looking at condos and looking at things like that i think that again sometimes on paper those things look a lot cheaper when you're looking at monthly affordability they're definitely not usually. Um, they're a little harder to get financing for, especially some condos. But I think that, again, I think you need to work with a professional that can you know, lay all that out for you. But I still think an amazing place that a first-time home buyer could still find affordable property. And I don't mean like 100000 but I mean affordable in today's market. I still think East Hillsboro, Southeast Hillsboro has a lot of different price ranges. Yep. Uh, you know, I, everything's not like 800,000. Right. I think you can find a good home, uh, especially for a first time home buyer out there still. Um, it's a quick, it's an easy commute um, into Tampa if you're commuting. Uh, a lot of positives, even though it feels a little farther away, the commute a lot of times is much quicker. I also think a great place to find a home where there's a lot of different inventory is uh, the Wesley Chapel area out on 56, you know, that area. There's a whole bunch of different price ranges you can go there. A lot of builders are building big communities with starter homes and also more expensive homes. I still think that that is a great place if you're a first-time home buyer. I also think a great place is, you know, buying something closer in. I still think that some homes in like the Heights area are really good, especially if they need a little bit of work but can still qualify for financing. I think that there's still some work there. Yeah, you're gonna have multiple offers, you're gonna be competing against people, but I still think the deals um, as far as you know what you're paying and what you're getting it still could be there for first time home buyers and you're much closer in at that point. You're not dealing with HOAs. You're not dealing with a long commute. If you're commuting, you know, I still think that that's, those are great areas for somebody that is a first time home buyer wants to look at all their options. Yep. You know, that's my, that's my best advice. Mike, Mike doesn't have as much advice because he's over there at the beach. In- <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, you would know the areas better than, than oh, I totally. would that are going to be out there, but you know, I came from living in Wesley chapel um, and, and you're right. I mean, that area up there is growing and you're right. Absolutely. A lot of those master plan, um, you know, communities that were up there had all different price ranges of homes. Right. Um, and you know, from again, this few years old, but you know, a couple hundred thousand all the way up to the million, all in the same neighborhood. These are, you know, some of these master plan with thousands of homes, um, that are in there, but it gave, you know, a little bit of everything that's in there. And one of the things about some of these outer areas as it seems to be a little bit farther. One, the commutes have gotten better. We're working on the infrastructure mm-hmm. in Tampa Bay. Um, but two, but a lot of things are getting built out there too that, that you can go. The entertainment, the you know, the restaurants, all those things are being built as well that go along out there. So you don't necessarily have to leave, right? Yep. Um, and, and unless you're coming in to watch one of our, uh, you know, championship sports teams. But, <laughs> you know, you don't need to leave there. But, uh, you know, so a lot of the stuff's getting built. So there, there is a lot of great neighborhoods in Tampa Bay. Another place I want to mention really, really quick Cute downtown, getting cuter every day. Um, a lot of investment, and still, 
under $300,000 homes is like downtown Newport Ritchie. I know people are like, gosh, that seems so different than like 10 years ago, but a lot of investments taking place there. Really cute, walkable downtown. A lot of um, deals still to be had in their downtown area. So get out there if you want a little, little, little taste of urban feel. That's a great little spot. So love to talk to you more about this. Give us a call, 813-359-8990. Give Mike a call. He'd be happy to help as well about getting you pre-qualified. And we'll be back right after this quick break. And we're back for our last segment here on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. I'm Robert Johnson, president of the Duncan Duo here with Mike Corgan from Cross Country Mortgage. Last article we want to talk about is seven secrets no one tells you that'll help you buy a house right now. And we're going to tell you those secrets because we're going to end the show on a positive note and give you those yeah, secrets so right? you can the way get, to get it out Absolutely. There, yes. Get in a house. Number one, look a little lower. So this is kind of, it kind of piggybacks on some of the stuff we've been talking about. Look a little less in your price range. Look for a fixer upper. Maybe go for something you're not thinking is perfect right away. Right. I think, you know, this is a little like anybody's going to tell you that, but I think sometimes... You might have an agent that tells you, oh, look a little more. You know, oh, if you want this, let's see if we can get you a little higher. I would tell you, look a little lower and see if you can get it where you want to make it. And always look for something that's move-in ready, but maybe you can improve over time. Sure. And I think that that's the key is find something that's financeable, move-in ready that you can make yours over time because you don't have to do everything at once. Number two. Enhance your earnest money. So I think that this is a little easier said than done on paper, um, especially because if you're a first-time home buyer or you're really looking for a house, sometimes you don't have a huge pot of money. But anything that you can make your offer look a little bit better to the seller, make you a little more um, or look a little more like a financially um, set buyer, I think is really, really good. But again, I think that that's something that your agent can talk to you about. Me representing a lot of sellers over my career, I don't have a ton of sellers that talk about earnest money. Yeah, we talk about it, but I mean, it's not usually their focus. It's usually like, okay, what's the bottom line? What are the terms? The earnest money is just like part of that. But I think that if you can go in strong, um, you know, it can definitely help. Yeah. Number three, obtain an approval letter. Again, this is something we do talk about a lot. I think that Mike knows the uh, knows how valuable these approval letters will be, especially if you get it from a lender who's actually doing a good pre-approval and not just throwing something out. Right, there. pre-approvals are not all you know not all created equal, and there's a difference. In, in, and we have a product out there called our Fast Track Credit Approval, where we can actually give you a loan, you know, commitment like a full approval on there minus the property, obviously, so that you're fully underwritten from a credit perspective, from an asset perspective, so you're ready to go. It's the closest thing you can get to as being a cash buyer when you're getting a mortgage, but you do all of that work up front. And so if you're going to go through that process anyways, a lot of people are vying to do that. And then what we're able to do is you're able to get more aggressive on on how quickly you can close. You have a shorter time frame and it gives you an up in the market way. But so go through and make sure that everybody, you know, if somebody's willing to give you a letter just by talking to you or just by running their their credit, it's not a real pre-approval. I mean, they should be verifying your income, your assets, your credit. Make sure you're actually ready to buy. Absolutely. Number four is take the escalator clause, that is. So it's basically talking about using an escalation clause in your offer. You know, this really depends on your area. Um, some areas, they've kind of 
started to shy away from an escalation clause. You know, I, I don't want to speak to that, but it's in the article. Um, I still think an escalation clause can be a great thing. I do know that explaining that to sellers sometimes is a little difficult, but anything where you can say, okay, we're willing to pay this much, but uh, not unless we have multiple offers, you know, right? I think that if you go in strong, um, you know, sometimes an escalation clause is, is just a little complicated, but anything that you can do, especially if your agent is familiar with an escalation clause where basically you are offering to pay X amount of dollars for the property as long as somebody else is willing to, you know, if you want to pay uh, oh two hundred thousand dollars for the property, maybe you'll do that. But somebody else has to offer one ninety nine. Yeah. So maybe your original offers is one ninety. So just depends. Number five, throw in a lease back. This is something that I heard, and I might have talked about this with Andrew uh, last week, but. This is something that I heard um, or two weeks ago when I was at uh, the Remax convention recently, that this is actually helping people uh, get under contract with more and more homes with sellers, especially because we talked about the limited inventory out there. Some sellers are concerned that they won't be able to find something. Right. So offering the seller time to stay after closing in a leaseback or whatever you want to call it, a post-occupancy is really helping people win offers that I talked to. That's actually what I heard more than anything, which was surprising. Yeah, and you don't hear a lot of people talk about no. that. And that's a great way that you can go in and get a leg up and put, maybe set your offer aside because you're right. A lot of people that are sellers are afraid they don't want to sell their house because they, they're afraid they're not going to be able to find anything. Mm -hmm. So the timing becomes, so if you give them some flexibility on that timing, um, it may make people want to take your offer versus somebody else's. Absolutely. Number uh, six on the list is know when to waive. I would say don't ever waive an inspection, especially in Florida. But, you know, it is in here. Yeah, I do know that, you know, I purchased homes in Tennessee. Some of the inspection, um, you know, this is a national article. Some of the inspection language is different in every state. Right. In Florida, I do not advise you waive an inspection. I always think that you should do it. I totally agree. So. But there are, you know, there are other contingencies at times that yes. you can waive and you can know what to waive or you can shorten the time frames, right? So a lot of times maybe it's standard 10 days to mm -hmm. get a home inspection or seven days. You, If you know you have somebody on standby, you can do it in three. Any, there's things that you can do there to make your offer more attractive. And the last thing on the list is Interview for the best broker or agent. I definitely agree with this. I think right now, especially in a competitive market, you really have to have an agent that knows what they're doing or can really think outside the box. Um, you know, there's a lot of different strategies you can use. You really don't learn those strategies until you're you're you know chin deep in the process for so many years. You know, that's not a knock to new agents. There's a lot of great new agents out there, but just interview and find one that's right for you that you think is going to work best for you. And that's that's my best advice. And that is the article's final tip. Thanks for joining us this week on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. We really appreciate you. You can reach us anytime at our office, 813-359-8990. Find us on all of our socials, Duncan Duo Team. We're on Facebook, Instagram, I mean, TikTok, I mean, we're, we're all over the place. You can go to our website, duncanduo.com. You can chat with us there, find your home value there, reach out to us there. Love to help you out. And Mike, how do they get in touch with you one last time? You can always reach out to me directly, 813-377-2743, 813-377-2743, or Cross Country Tampa, all one word, crosscountrytampa.com. Thanks for joining us this week. 
and have a great rest of your Sunday, Tampa Bay.